take your Bible and turn to the book of Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 7. I want to bring to your attention a few things that I've said before, and then perhaps a, a few things you haven't heard before. And uh, look there in verse 20, Acts chapter 7 and verse 20. We're talking about a man named Moses. Everybody's heard of Moses. Just about everybody in the whole world's heard of Moses. And would you believe that one time Moses was just content? Content to live on the backside of a desert. Spent 40 years of his life there. And he was content to be left alone. He didn't want to do anything. He didn't want to go anywhere. He's what you call he had been burned out. You see, he made a commitment and didn't follow through with it. He thought things were going to be different and it didn't work that way. So you'll find out that as you serve the Lord, not everything's going to work out the way you planned. But there's a God in heaven whose timing is perfect. But notice what he says in verse 20. In which time Moses was born and was exceeding fair and nourished up in his father's house three months. Uh, when he was cast out, Pharaoh's daughter took him up, nourished him for her own son. Moses was learned in all the wisdom of the Egyptians and was mighty in words and in deeds. And when he was full 40 years old, it came into his heart to visit his brethren, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them suffer wrong, he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian. And you ought to underline these three words in your Bible. You see, before he ever went to the backside of the desert, he already knew and believed. God was going to deliver the children of Israel by him. He knew it before he ever left. And he says he did what he did because he supposed his brethren, and you ought to underline these three words, he supposed they would have understood. But you know, they didn't understand. Because Moses did something that he shouldn't have done. Now, whether or not he got angry or not may be hard to tell, but when you study the Old Testament, you'll find that Moses got angry an awful lot of times. Moses lost his cool. Moses got angry and bitter and um, paid a price for it. And that's one of the reasons he never got to go into the promised land. God let him see the promised land from the top of Mount Nebo, but wouldn't let him enter it. All because he got angry and he did something that God never told him to do. He took matters into his own hands. He thought he had the right to strike the rock twice when he was only supposed to speak. So his anger cost him. His anger cost him here too, I believe. But it says here in verse 25, For he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them. And it says, but they understood not. The next day he showed himself 
up unto them as they strove and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren. Why do you wrong one another? But he that did his neighbor wrong thrust him away, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge over us? That must have hit to the quick. Because he knew somebody knows what he had done. Now he knew that somebody knew that he had murdered an Egyptian and hid him in the sand. You see, at one time he didn't think anybody knew. Nobody knows, but somebody did. Somebody saw. And so the Bible says that he was going to leave. Because it said in verse 28, Wilt thou kill me as thou didst the Egyptian yesterday? Then fled Moses at this saying, and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begot two sons. When forty years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. Now, when you read this in the Old Testament, the book of Exodus, you'll find that this scripture almost quotes that scripture perfectly tells the story. It shows that what God wrote back there was inspired and quotes it again here. And this is inspired of God. Because the Holy Spirit knows the Word and can draw out of those Old Testament Scriptures knowledge that is needed for this day. Now, Stevens is preaching a sermon. And as far as we know, it must have been his first sermon and his last sermon. Boy, he must have preached up a storm. One sermon and everybody loved him. No, nobody loved him. It says they stoned him to death. How would you like to preach one sermon and you get stoned to death for it? Well, it says in verse 31, When Moses saw it, he wondered at the sight, and as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him saying, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Now, it says in the Gospels that Jesus had made the statement to them that God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. And if he says he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, then Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob must be alive. That's what he said. Moses trembled. And durst not behold. Then said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. And get these three statements in this verse, because I'm going to show you these three statements later. I have seen, I have heard, and I will deliver. See that verse 4, 34? I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people, which is in Egypt. I have heard their groanings, and have come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send thee into Egypt. Then Moses, whom they refused, said, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. Now, you know, there's some things that are not mentioned here. There is a few things that... As the story goes back and draws all of this knowledge and puts it up here for us to see, there's a few things missing. I, um, I want you to take your Bible and look there in the book of Hebrews. 
and chapter 11. Hebrews and chapter 11. You'll notice that there's a few things that's missing in the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Now you and I know that God used Noah. But after Noah had, and the ark had landed, he, yeah, he made a sacrifice. But you remember he got drunk. And things didn't go too well with one of his sons. But it's not recorded here. You remember Jacob, who was a surplanter? In other words, he was a, a liar, a deceiver. Uh, he wasn't the most upright individual. Uh, Jacob. You know, there's nothing said against Jacob here in chapter 11. Well, even when you talk about, you know, Moses here. And yet Moses... Well, he lived 120 years. Not one bad thing about Moses is said here. This is the Hall of Faith chapter. It's what he did by faith. And God is putting in here the things that they did for him. This is what God sees. You see, the day will come when the Bible says, the former things will be remembered no more. God is going to reward you and I for what we did do. And those things that we've done will last for eternity. The rewards that God's going to give you will be eternal. So there are some things that God must have forgot about. I wonder if God forgets. You remember all those bad things you did? The Bible says that God won't remember them anymore. Well, that's, that's good news. God can forget something. I got a whole bunch of things I want him to forget. I'm so glad I'm going to heaven. But if I got to heaven and God reminded me of all those bad things that I've done. I, I, I'm not sure I want to go. I want to stay here as long as I can and drag my feet and try not to get there too soon. But God says he's forgiven all sins been removed, blotted out. That's good news. Now here in Hebrews, I want you to see what it says. In verse 8, verse 8 it says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for an inheritance, he obeyed, and he went out not knowing whether he went. He didn't know where he was going to go. Because God was just going to lead him as he goes. Serving the Lord is not always seeing the way clear. It's just seeing the Lord. Trusting the Lord and one step at a time. And you don't know how it's going to work out. You don't know where he's going to lead you. You don't know how he's going to use you. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow or ten years from now. And reality, it doesn't matter. You really shouldn't care. As long as you're doing what God wants you to do, nothing else matters. God can open doors. God can close doors. And it says that he made promises to, um, to Abraham. And look in verse 9. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, 
as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. She judged him faithful who had promised. Remember, there's other scriptures, whenever he told her, she laughed. And the angel says, you laughed. I didn't laugh. Yes, you did. She did laugh. But that's not found here. Isn't it true also that Abraham didn't always sojourn in the land where he was supposed to, that he wound up going down into Egypt, and he got in trouble. And that woman that he was married to, when she was 75, she was a looker. She was a beautiful woman at 75. Pharaoh wanted her. Woo! At 75? She's my sister. Well, that's not found here. There's a, is a blessing of knowing that there's some things that God's not going to remember and they're not going to be recorded. And that God is a good God to us and God's going to bless us and reward us when we get to heaven, but we're not there yet. So sometimes I like what not only the Word of God says, but what it doesn't say. And it makes a statement here in verse 13. These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. See, that's all we are right now is strangers and pilgrims. Strangers means we're away from God. Pilgrims means we're going home. We're away from God, but we're going home. Doesn't mean that you're supposed to be a, be strange or a pill, but you are a stranger and a pilgrim. So the Lord has promised all these wonderful things, and he made promises to them, and they didn't get to fulfill them in their lifetime. They never saw the acquisition of all this land that God had promised. Did you know that God promised them the land from the river of Egypt all the way to the river Euphrates, over there where Babylon is in Iraq. Do you know all that land is going to belong to Israel? I, I don't know if people understand how big of a piece of property that we're talking about that God promised to Israel. And Israel will be the greatest nation in all the world someday. Now look down there in verse 23. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents because they saw he was a proper child and they were not afraid of the king's commandment. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. That's when he was about 40 years of age. You see, he knew and understood who he was and he believed before he ever went on the backside of that desert. He knew that God was going to deliver Israel by his hand. He just didn't know how God was going to do it or when God was going to do it. But he believed that God was going to do it. And so he committed himself and he's going to do it and follow me. And they said, who are you? Who are you? 
And so he fled and went to the backside of a desert. But you see, before he ever did that, he had already made up his mind, and he chose. He chose the affliction with God's people over the treasures of Egypt. See what he makes a statement here in verse 26. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. Did you know that what's not here is those 40 years on the backside of the desert? He didn't put that in there. Just kind of like skipped right over all of that. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of Genesis in chapter 15. The book of Genesis and chapter 15. And you'll notice there in verse 2. Abram said. Lord God. What will thou give me? Seeing I go childless. And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. God you, you said that you're going to make a great nation from me. And I'm an old man. Where's this kid? And an a offspring has to come from me. That's what you promised. So how are you going to do this? Abraham said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed. Lo, one born in my house is mine heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir. Talking about Ishmael. He said, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and says, look now toward heaven. Tell the stars or count the stars if thou be able to number them. And he says unto him, so shall thy seed be. Whoo, doggy, wouldn't that blow your mind? Have you ever tried to count the stars? And verse 6, you ought to underline this verse in your Bible. And he believed God. He believed in the Lord. And he counted it to him for righteousness. Now even in the New Testament, in the book of Galatians in chapter 3 and verse 8, it says Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. What hath Abraham found? that a man could be justified by faith without the deeds of the law, because Abraham was justified by faith 430 years before the law was ever given to Moses on Mount Sinai. But there's something that God told them here. You are going to have a son, and you are going to have as many as the stars of heaven. So he says there in verse 13, and he said unto Abram, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. So did God tell Abraham in advance that they were going to go to a strange land, and they're going to be there for four hundred years? Just think, America's a little over 200 years old. Give us 200 more years. How many people would there be in this nation? Israel went down into Egypt, about 70 of them. Came out with a couple million. Nobody knows the exact number. 
Some believe two, two and a half million. I don't know. I didn't count them all. But there's a bunch. And God says they'll be there 400 years. And the reason they're going to be there for 400 years is because see, God is building a nation and he put them in the best place in the world at that time to take care of them and gave them the choice land of all of Egypt, the land of Goshen. And God used them and blessed them. And they were fruitful and they multiplied. And then there came a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph. And now begin to put the thumb on them. And became afraid that if an enemy was to attack Egypt, would find that Israel might side with the enemy and destroy Egypt. Therefore, they was going to kill all the male children. Now, did God already say about how long it was going to be? Yes. Isn't it amazing that those years in advance, God had already knew exactly what was going to take place, and the timing has got to be just right. Got to be just right. Look also what he says there in verse 15. And thou shalt go to thy fathers in peace. Thou shalt be buried in a good old age. Well, he should. He was 175 years old. Do you realize that after he had that child, Isaac, at 100 years old, he lived another 75 years, got him another wife and a whole bunch of more kids. I ain't making that up. It's in the book. And then he says there in uh, verse 16, But in the fourth generation they shall come hither again, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. Now this is a list of the people that will be in the land when the time is right. Because God is giving those people time that's in the land of Canaan. And the land of Canaan, Canaan was the son of Ham, and he was the one that had the curse. It was not upon the black folks, it was upon Canaan. Canaan went into the land of Canaan, and they're the one that was under the curse, and God's going to take it away from them, and he gave it to his own people. And see what it says in verse 18? In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates. See, I didn't make that up. It was in the book all along. So this is what God says. Now take your Bible and look there in the book of Exodus and chapter 2. The book of Exodus and chapter 2. And look in verse 21. Verse 21. You see, Moses had left Egypt and he went on the backside of a desert. And in verse 21 it says, And Moses was, and you ought to underline this word, content. Do you believe that God was going to get Moses out of his comfort zone? He's minding his own business. He had been greatly burned. Because he supposed, and it didn't happen that way. He thought they would understand. They didn't. Follow me, boys! And they wouldn't follow. He says, so much for this leadership business. If those people are coming out of Egypt, 
God's going to have to use somebody else. He had the death of a vision. God, you'll have to get somebody else. He went on the backside of the desert and was content. See there in verse 21. To dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zipporah his daughter. She bare him a son. Called his name Gershom Solomon. No, just Gershom. Y'all know the guy named Gershom Solomon? I met him over there in Israel, and I interviewed him 20-something years ago. 20 years ago, I guess. And it says here in uh, chapter 3 that Moses kept the flock. Now, he was content doing nothing more than herding sheep, just taking care of some sheep. Can you imagine that God has taken this little old sheep herder from the backside of a desert who was in the pits and had finally got content, this is, this is good enough. This is all I'll do. And he never thought of what was coming down the road, of how much God could do with him. He never saw it. Did you know that a lot of times that's the way you and I are? We don't see down the road. And we can't see what God's going to do. Can you imagine a few years ago when I lived in Georgia, in the backwoods of Georgia, when my daddy was a bootlegger, when I went barefooted to school and wore overalls, I never didn't go to church, didn't know one verse of the Bible, didn't know there were books in the Bible. At that time, I didn't even know there was a Bible. And that's the truth. Never saw my mom and dad have prayer. How in the world is God ever going to use that little old snotty-nosed Georgia boy? He don't know anything. But there was a hunger. And then how the Lord worked it out to where I came across this man. And I believe the Lord opened doors and, and his perfect timing a man sat down with me and explained the gospel to me. And I trusted Christ as my Savior. And I had never finished high school. As I look back over all those years, it blows my mind. Did you realize that you may be sitting here right now and you think, well, it's, it's all over. I'm already, maybe I'm, I'm an old man. Or maybe you don't have this, you don't have that. You haven't let the Lord work on you yet. It ain't over yet.